up here and you feel that your life is being torn apart, we serve a healing God. We serve a prayer-answering Father. But you got to place your trust in Him. You got to put your faith in a God that you do not see. But you got to worship Him. Because His Word does not lie. It speaks truth. His Word speaks life to every situation. God, you're all I need now. Chase God. Somebody say, hallelujah, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. A move of God is not for free. A move of God not for free. What it doesn't cost you in dollar and cents, it'll cost you in time and blood. God, I want to move a God. You can't buy this. That's why we preach a tithe. We all have equal share. You can't earn this. Jesus paid the terrible price on the cross.
but you're going to have to buy into this. Why don't we all lift our hands together? Somebody, somebody get a little buy-in before we go on. Come on, somebody throw a little, throw a little something on the table. Come on, somebody up your subscription today. Somebody renew today. Come on, somebody go on auto pay today. Come on, somebody try again. See, the devil's been lying to you. Said you're washed up. You've made too many mistakes. You are a mistake. No. No, you don't know the blood of Jesus. You don't know that I'm on chance 3,333. Come on, somebody. Try again. Believe again. Look up again. Look out again. Oh, come on, somebody. Buy in. Buy in. Buy in. Buy in. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a little faith. It's going to cost you a little skin in the game. Come on, somebody. No, you don't got to run the aisles to buy in. It's something that happens in here. Come on, somebody. Some people shout. Some people dance. Whatever it takes, somebody buy in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If what happened in the book of Acts chapter 1, with them assembling in the upper room, 120, is to believe that all were present in Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that they were all in one place. Everybody say all. Now, if you're a apostolic Pentecostal, you don't take anything in the Word of God for granted. You believe that every dot, every line is in there with purpose. Not a purpose to control, a purpose to direct. And so when we see the word all, we say all. And the Bible says they were all in one place and they were all in one. I wonder, somebody dream with me, that if they could do it in Acts, that we could do it today. That if everyone present. No, I know you got tomorrow. I got tomorrow too. Anybody got a tomorrow? Anybody got a next week you're dreading? Anybody already not looking forward to next month? Man, I don't even, I don't even know. I'm already stressed about next month. Anybody like that? We all got that. But they were all in one place and in one accord. I believe there was people there that they had traumas. They had unanswered prayers. They had situations. They had things in their life. They had, they had circumstances yet unresolved. But they were all in one place and in one accord, bound together. I believe with a common goal to see Jesus manifested. I wonder if we can have that tonight. That if just for the next 20, 30 minutes you can put aside tomorrow, you can put aside the promotion you did not get that you should have gotten somebody else not as a capable as you that got it. We can put that aside and say, God, I want to move a God today. Do you believe that's possible? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that, that everyone in this place can experience their own revival? can experience their own Jesus. Come on, somebody, somebody, somebody give me a little more faith than that. God, I believe. I believe you got it for my neighbor. I believe you got it for the dude behind me. I believe you got it for the person that did me wrong. I believe. I believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope to have all you believe in by the end of this. Why don't you look at your neighbor? 
We're going to try something tonight. Can we do something different? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're such a rebel. Come on. Come on. Somebody you were like, I know. Come on, look at the person on the other side and say, you're such a rebel. Some of you are having a little too much fun with this. The definition of a rebel is a person who rises in opposition or armed resistance against an established government or ruler. You know, when we decide to come to church on a Tuesday night, when there's a lot of worldly options, we are rebelling against this world. Young lady, every time you decide to put clothes on, when the world is telling you to take your clothes off, you're rebelling against the voices of this world. Young man, every time you turn off the computer, when the voices in your head are saying, go further, you are rebelling against the voice of this age. The church needs some more rebels. The church needs some young people that said, oh, you gotta listen to that? I ain't gonna listen to that. Oh, you gonna act gangster? I'm gonna act holy. No, I'm trying to help somebody here today. You ain't a rebel when you will go against the word. Everybody's going against the word. You know, only four in ten people will attend church on Sunday. Only eight in ten Christians even believe in the God of the Bible. You know, it's the time for the church to stand up and to stand out and to rebel against the voices of this age. I don't care what dogma your teacher teaches you at school. For those going back to school, there's only one God, and his name isn't, his name isn't Kanye West. There's only one God, and her name isn't Taylor Swift. I ain't dancing to her beat. I ain't listening to her music. There's only one God. There's only one Bible. There's only one word. Now we need some rebels in the church. Now we need some young people. Now we're going to start like this. You're going to start like this. We're all still standing. I know you're standing. But we're rebelling tonight. Oh, you only going to pray for five minutes? I'm going to pray for ten minutes. Oh, you ain't going to hit the altar after church. I'm going to hit the altar after church. No, we need to put that rebellious attitude that we want to use against the boss and against our parents and against those in authority. We need to turn that around and start pushing up against the voices of this world. We need to start rebelling against the voices of this world. If you're a visitor and you see a lady in a skirt, she's rebelling. If you're a visitor and you see a young man praying, he's rebelling. If you're a visitor and you see somebody running the aisles, they're rebelling. Come on. Come on. You're such a rebel. Amen. Amen. This is the only life worth living. You know, you're a real Christian when you're worshiping, when they're giving the church cleanup announcement. And I looked over and I saw Sister Elise Elizabeth Earls worshiping during the church cleanup announcement. Come on, somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody happy to be a part of the kingdom. Somebody excited. Somebody excited to be used in the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody love the church? Anybody love the gospel? Anybody still love this message?
pastor says that I only have to wear my jacket to the pulpit, but it can be removed soon after. Well, I'm so glad to be here today in this beautiful church. I was here this morning praying and uh, just, just seeing what the Lord has done, just seeing what God has wrought in this place. It's beautiful, church. It's beautiful. And let me tell you, let me tell a new person. You're on the ground floor. I'm going to speak in faith to somebody. You're on the ground floor of what God wants to do in this city, of what God wants to do in this region. My goal tonight, let me tell you my goal tonight. My goal tonight is to plug someone in to their mission field. My goal tonight is to take a young person, to take an elder that feels like your time has passed you by, that you're not wanted, that you're not needed, to plug you in to what God has for your life. Because let me tell you something. When God plugs you into your mission field and you begin to look at your babies in the face and you begin to see them repenting and you begin to see them worshiping, let me tell you, it'll excite you. Let me tell you, it'll get you going when you see somebody repent. It'll get you going when you see your teacher come and worship God. It'll get you going when the principal is here being baptized in the name of Jesus. It'll do something to your faith when you're plugged into your mission field. Well, Brother Mayo, I'm like a fine wine just waiting my time till God uses me. There's too many people going to hell for you to be a fine wine. There's too many people that are lost in our cities for us not to be a witness. There's, come on somebody, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk the mission field to somebody. There's too many people for you to say, well, I'm waiting for my big calling. Your calling is here. Your calling is now. God is calling you to be a missionary in your school, in your workplace, on the job. Where's Elise at? She's worshiping with me. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's time to plug in to the mission that God has for you. Well, somebody else will do it. No, you need to do it. Okay. Well, here we are. I want to say thank you to my pastor for allowing me to preach while he is away. No doubt he will listen to this message and make sure that I thanked him for this opportunity. So thank you. I love my pastor. I love the man of God in my life. I honor him. I want to protect him. I want to guard him. He is not a pincushion. He is the man of God. He is your friend. He may be your foe at times, but only to make you better, not to make you better. Amen? Amen. Wow. Let's just have an altar call right now. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. Mark chapter 5 and verse 24. Now listen. I'm going to do my very best to get through this because I want us to have an apostolic altar call. I know that I can go a little long. Who would have thought from 10 minutes when I first started preaching? That was my, I didn't even know if I could hit 10 minutes. I let Jesse and Evan use my other few minutes. Who would have thought that I would go long? I, I just don't have that much to say, but I guess I say it slow. Mark chapter 5, verse 24, and Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered. Everyone say, nothing bettered. Who's been there? Who's been there? Spent all you had and nothing.
Let's read these next four words together. But rather grew worse. Not bettered, worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Somebody humor me for a second. Did she feel prior to touching Jesus? Was the goosebump machine working prior to touching Jesus? No, no. Her faith said, if I would just touch. Guys, I love the feeling. I love the feeling I get with the worship. I love the feeling I get in a prayer room. But it's not all about feeling. Sometimes I got to press through and touch Jesus. I want to do my very best to teach, to preach, to touch Jesus. To touch Jesus. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay our Bibles down. We're going to pray. Here's what, here, here's, here's what I want. I want us to really put some faith muscles to work that we haven't put to work in a while. You know, Tim's been working me out. Some of have been going to the gym. Some of you may think, man, why does Aaron need to go to the gym? He's already buff and massive. And, but I, I got to go to the gym too. Tim's been working me out. And I've been telling him just the last couple workouts, man, you've been working muscles I didn't know I had. You know, and sometimes spiritually, there's some things that have been unworked in a long time. Man, our hands been clapping, our feet been jumping, but some of these faith muscles, some of these belief muscles, some of these press muscles, they haven't been put to work in a while. So we're going to pray, but I, I want us to I want us to reach out and, and give, give some of those muscles a burn in Jesus' name and say, you know what? I'm getting plugged in today. Today is my day. Tonight is my night. I am coming out. I'm going to be what God called me to be. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. Come on, somebody. I'm, we're doing some spiritual calisthenics here. I know, I know some of you, you ripped in the spirit, but we need, some of us need some work. Let's pray. God! God, I, Aaron Mayo, I want to feel you tonight. I want to touch you tonight. I want to honor you tonight. God, I want to get, get close to you. I want to press into you. God, I want my faith to be at work. I want my belief to be at work. God, I want to be plugged in. Come on, somebody pray. Somebody press. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I know I'm working you a little bit. Come on, somebody. God, I need you. God, I need you all in one place, all in one accord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. People come to church for many different reasons. You know, now being on the other side of this, before church, I'll get text messages. And I'll tell you, I dread text messages before church. And today before service, I won't name this individual. Some of you will know who, who this individual is. I got a text message that said, my dog ate rat poison. It's throwing up green stuff, and I will not be in church today. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know about this situation. I hope your dog improves. But a lot of people come to church for a lot of different reasons. Some come for pure reasons and some not so pure. Some people are here today because your wife made you come. And I'm glad you're here. God's got something for you. Some people are here today because you're looking for a date. Don't talk to any of our women. 
until you repent, you've been baptized, and you receive the Holy Ghost. But we're glad you're here. Some people come because there was nothing else going on on a Tuesday night. Their favorite Netflix show doesn't drop until midnight, so they said, hey, why not? I'll come to church. Some people are here because you were raised in a religious background, and coming to church is all you know. And I would understand that as well. How you come to church is not what is important. We all come for various reasons. What is crucial is how you leave. What is important in the final destination of your soul is how you respond to the Spirit of God. What is absolutely necessary is that by the end of this service, you've laid down every bad attitude, every doubt, every fear, and every suspicion at the foot of an old rugged cross saying, Jesus, recalibrate me. Jesus, change me. Jesus, reorient me. Jesus, I want to be like you. Jesus, I want to be with you. The story of this woman represents so many in our world today. The Bible tells us that at just the hearing of Jesus, if you'll go back to that first verse, that at just the hearing of Jesus, go to the next one. Keep going. Twenty-seven. When she heard of Jesus, life had brought her to a place that she did not have to see to believe. All it took was just hearing the Savior was in town. All it took was the healer is walking down the street. And let me tell somebody here today, this is not in my notes, but life has a way of taking you to a place that all it takes is Jesus healing tonight. I got to be there. Is Jesus forgiving tonight? I want to be present. Is Jesus moving in Cornerstone tonight? I got to get there because life it will take you to a place you never thought you would be. It would keep you longer than you'd ever thought you'd be there. Hallelujah. If you're like me, you don't like to go through trials to get us to the place God needs us to be so we can receive from Him. It took 12 years for her to get to this place, and it was worth every moment. Somebody here tonight, hear me. The situation that God has designed in your life is not designed to kill you. It's designed to better you. The scenario, the trial, the pressure you're in is not designed to push you out of the church. It is designed to bring you to an altar where God can make you stronger, where God can make you better, and where God can plug you into your mission field. It is not enough for us to be called apostolics. We have got to be a part of the Father's business. Young person, we cannot wait until you're 25 with a job and a mortgage and, and all the uh, stuff that life brings it for you to be concerned about your mission field. Elder, we need you. We need you to be a part of this church, to lead and to guide. You are wanted. You are valued. But you're going to have to get down and get deep with God so he can plug you into your mission. Luke's record 
of this says that the crowd pressed around him to the point that it choked him. Her situation was at the point that the Bible says she had tried everything she could afford. Now, some of us, before we came to God, we had a little more currency than others. Some of us, before we came to God, we had to try it all before we could find our place in need of his salvation. Some of us, we had to try relationships and let them break our heart. Some of us, we had to try alcohol until there wasn't a penny left in the bank before we were willing to turn to God. Some of us had to try other religions before we were able to say, this is not truth. i got to find my way to Jesus. The Bible tells us that she did all she could afford. It reminds me of the prodigal who had lived and wasted his belongings on riotous living. And the Bible tells us that he found himself amongst the pigs. And he was so entrenched in sin. He was so deep in it. He was so gone, if you will, that the Bible tells us he began to covet what the swines had. You know you're at rock bottom when you're sinning over the swine. When you're coveting what even the pigs have. She was broke with trying all of what these physicians had prescribed. The Bible says that she was not made better, but made worse. She had tried and spent all and was left worse. Who here has tried the world and was left the worse? Can I have a witness of somebody who you've tried it all and it didn't leave you any better, but it left you worse? Can these young people get a witness uh, of a good man and a good woman who said, oh, I've been there. It'll leave you worse. Oh, I smoked that. It'll leave you worse. Oh, I drank that. It'll leave you worse. Oh, I, 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 I tried a relationship. It'll leave you worse. Oh, I've been to that church. It'll leave you worse. Come on, somebody. If this isn't the definition of rock bottom, I don't know what is. Our world is in a constant attempt to fill the emptiness that plagues all of humanity. Church. What we're seeing in the world is just an old lady in a new dress. They are trying drugs. They are trying transitions. They are trying homosexual relationships. They are trying everything they can to fulfill an emptiness in their heart. Is there an apostolic man? Is there an apostolic woman? that is willing to step into the void and to look at somebody and say, you don't have to go down that road. You don't have to live that way. There's hope. There's peace. There's joy. There's love. My God, plug somebody into a mission field. Plug somebody into their calling. A desire for meaning. A desire to be loved. To be wanted. The world continues to prescribe remedies that leave people worse than how they began. I know all you sanctified folk, you've never seen a commercial. But let me tell you about one I've seen. It comes on. It's got some... Uh, well-dressed and manicured person, happy, skipping through the fields. And it comes up and it says, are you battling depression? And she, then for a moment she looks sad and her kids look at her bewildered. Why is mommy unhappy? 
And it says, try this prescription and everything will be better. And my favorite part of the commercial is not the absolute obscenity of that. My favorite part is just following that, it says, and like they speed it up two times. You know, it's like everything else was in slow-mo, right? She was dancing in slow-mo. She was, the kids were crying in slow-mo. The narrator's in slow-mo. And then right at the end, it's all like ramped up, right? And it goes through and it says something like, the side effects of this drug may include nausea, heart attack. You may have numbness in your feet. You may not be able to see clearly. You may have temporary blindness. Please consult your doctor. I'd rather be depressed than blind. I'd rather be depressed than have numbness in my feet. The side effects are worse than what they're trying to cure. Oh, just smoke this and everything will be better. Yeah, but if I start smoking that, I'm going to be broke. I'm going to lose my teeth. I'm going to lose all my relationships. What's your pres- what the world is prescribing us is worse than the effect of what we're feeling. If you would just... If I could just get an apostolic to get in the altar and say, God, help me. The prescription. Let me tell, let me tell a young person, a young couple that's really going through it. I challenge you following this service. I want you to find somebody that's living for God, that's got it together, and I want you to ask them, can we go out for coffee? And let me tell you what you're going to see. Let me tell you the side effects of good men like Elder Sargent and Brother Gassande and Brother Earls, is they're not just full of peace, they're blessed. Oh, come on, somebody. The devil ain't, they have nothing. They're not only, they only don't, they, they don't only have joy because see, that's what the great physician prescribed. But they also, they got their, their wife and they're, they're having the, the marriage of their dreams. Oh man, they, they not only have a good marriage and they're not only full of joy and peace, but my God, their finances are blessed and they're still givers. Oh, see, you thought giving would make you poor. No, giving's going to make you rich. See, what the doctor prescribed is not just going to make you full. It's going to make you joyful, peaceful, loving, kind, self-control. Come on, somebody better stand for that one. Come on, young person. You need to get out of your shell and go team up with a brother Emil and go team up with an elder sergeant. They're blessed and they're happy. They're blessed and they're prosperous. They're blessed and they're full. The prescriptions of this world will have temporary pleasures. I've got the word of God for that. See, sin for a season. And seasons come and seasons go. And if your seasons are like our winters, they last way too long. I see somebody sitting with... Brother Kyle Gasande, we have, this is the best place in the world, but our winters last way too long. Here's the deal. Sometimes sin, it'll keep you, it'll keep you happy a little longer than everybody thought it would keep you happy. But it's just a matter of time before the bills become due and your season is up. And let me tell you, come on, some, I need an amen with this. I'm trying to minister to somebody. Let me tell you what a lot of people do when their season's up is they try a sin they never thought they would try. And they start a new season. And man, that season comes, it comes payday. I can't, I can't pay that. Let's go do this sin. And before you look up, the enemy has prescribed you things that filled a momentary need but have left you empty and broken. And even there, Jesus still has an answer for you. Let's pray. Even there, Jesus 
still has an answer. I don't care what the world has told you. You know what our problem with television is? It is the pulpit of this world. Pastor gets two nights a week and 45 minutes if you let him. The world gets three hours a day, four hours a day on average of people just sucking it down. Modern day television, modern day Hollywood is the pulpit of this world. That is how they get their propaganda out. That is how they get their message out. That's how they get their ideals out. That's how they tell you how to dress. That's how they tell you how to wear your makeup. That's how they tell you how to cut your hair. That's how. Come on, you ain't reading books. You're watching TV. That's where the message is getting, that's where the world is getting its message out. You were not designed to be an addict. You were not designed to be depressed. You were not designed to be broken. That is not the life God has for you. God loves you. God is for you. God is with you. Let's go to Mark chapter 5, verse 25. The Bible says, and a certain woman, the woman we're talking about, which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Anybody ever have a trial last a little longer than you wish you would? Anybody have something hang around your neck? Every time you go to family gatherings, it just chafes again. It hurts again. You say, God, when is this going to end? God, when am I getting through this season? You need to put your ear to the heartbeat of Christ and say, Jesus, when you're ready to deliver, I am coming out. I am running out. God, when you're ready to open the door, God, I am coming out of this. I ain't living depressed. I ain't living frustrated. I am not living bitter. According to some biblical commentators, her condition is what is described in Leviticus chapter 15, verse 19. If you want to put it up, you can. She was ceremonially unclean. Not only was she broke, not only was she out of options, not only was it 12 years in this condition, but according to Jews, she was ceremonial unclean. She would not have not only been a sick individual with a problem she could not remedy, she would have been an outcast of Jewish society. The pure would not have touched her for fear that they would have been made unclean. Let me be honest with somebody. I caught myself bickering about how sinful the world is. And I felt a check in my spirit that said, stop talking about how sinful the world is. What else are they going to do? What else do you expect? complaining. Do something. Be a hope. Be a light. The world is just going to continue this revolving door of sin. Our complaining and pointing it out constantly is, is, not, a, is not helping. We need to be a light to this world. We need to be willing to get out and be amongst the unclean and say God still loves you. God is for you. I, I, know, I know you think differently than me. I know you may be on a different political spectrum than me. I don't care about any of that. You still need Jesus. You still need hope. Come on, am I preaching to Cornerstone? You still need hope. You still need deliverance. God still loves you. When you're not plugged into your mission field, all of this sounds like secondary nonsense. When you're not plugged into your mission field, we wonder, why can't somebody else be a spiritual missionary to them? When we're not plugged in to what God has designed us to do on an individual level, we wonder, why can't somebody else pray them through? Why can't somebody else baptize them? God has called you to pray them through. God has called you to be a witness to them. God has called you to be a missionary. But you're going to have to touch Jesus.
somebody, I'm not trying to beat you down. We need to exercise some spiritual muscle. God, I've got to be a missionary. God, I've got to be what you designed me to be in Jesus' name. She was deemed not only unclean, but anywhere she sat, anywhere she laid, and anyone she touched would have been unclean. She was the low of the low. She was an outcast of outcasts. Let me tell somebody, it's bad enough when you got a condition you can't fix than when nobody else wants to be around you. It's bad enough when you have a situation that every physician has been unable to cure, that when you go somewhere, nobody even wants to touch what you've touched. But thank God for a Christ who is not afraid of the infirmities of his people. That is not afraid to be touched by the unclean. Who is not afraid to be, who is not afraid to be sought by the outcasts of our society. This woman's testimony is that no matter your condition, no matter how the world has categorized you, God loves you, and God wants a relationship with you. The Bible tells us, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me preach to myself for a moment. Some of us really good Christians need to get creative in our walk with God. What's incredible about when you first come to God is that you have this spiritual high that is beautiful, that is incredible, and that is amazing. You see it on the face of new people. I can point you out here. You come and God has touched you. And you've got a glow about you. But after you've lived for God a while, sometimes it gets difficult to press into the presence of God. And sometimes it becomes easy to begin to rest on the spirituality of those around you. And guys, this is something God has had to deal with me with. Because this is all I know. And when I went out to start my church... God had to really challenge me and said, you're going to have to get deep for yourself. And I thought I was deep for myself until there wasn't anybody to shout with me, until there wasn't anybody in the prayer room, until there wasn't anybody worshiping with me. And God said, you're going to have to get this for yourself. It's going to have to go deeper and deeper and deeper. You're going to have to get creative. You may have to show up to early morning prayer to touch God. You may have to get up in the morning to pray. You may have to pull your Bible out at night to read about God. You may have to get a little more creative in your spirituality than you did when you were a new convert. Luke chapter 5, verse 17, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which will come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. You guys, I can't tell you what makes a, a pastor happier than people feeling where you're at. And the power of God being there to touch people. And to just wall your wall with the dignitaries and the powerful in this town. And God is present. And behold, men brought in a bed. A man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in, they went home. When they couldn't find the normal avenues to Jesus, I'm trying to tell somebody, I'm trying to teach somebody, you're going to have to touch Jesus. When they went to come and get to the, the what was otherwise the mundane, the everyday way to approach Christ, they found that it was blocked, that it was thronged 
with people. And so they said, you know what? I guess I just can't have Jesus, but I'm going to call this one Jesus. Man, I guess if I can't feel God in the prayer room, I might as well skip on the altar call. Man, since I can't feel God. Guys, this is where I'm at. You press and you press. And you're like, God, where are you? And he says, dig, dig, dig. Go deeper. Push, push, push. The Bible tells us when they couldn't find the normal avenues to get in, they said, we're getting to Jesus. If we can't go under, if we can't go through, we're going over. And they got creative in their spirituality. And they said, man, this may be destructive, but I got to get to Jesus. This may be out of the ordinary, but I got to get. I got to touch Jesus because the job ain't doing it. The relationship ain't doing it. The doctors ain't doing it. I need Jesus. Guys, I'm giving this all I got. We have got to touch Jesus. And when you live for God a while, you're going to have to get creative. When you can't go through normal avenues of prayer, you're going to have to get on top. And you're going to have to start digging until you get to where Jesus Christ is. And when you get there, you can touch him. And then could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude. The stuff. The obstacles. Let me tell you some. Let me, let me say this real quick. I'm coming down the home stretch because I want to have an altar call here. If you're not careful, your blessing will become an obstacle. Listen, I love being blessed. I'm the most blessed person I know. Because nobody knows like I know what God has done for me. My wife and I just celebrated seven years. And let me tell you, I'm one blessed man. Listen, young men, get married while you're good looking. That's all I'm going to say. I'm trying to tell some of you guys, you downhill quick. You better figure it out. Jake's back there saying, hallelujah. <laughs> if you're not careful, your blessings will become an obstacle. Your great job that God gave you, 25 bucks an hour, vacation, Saturday and Sundays off. If you're not careful, your blessing will become a spiritual obstacle between you and Jesus Christ. Your nice car, your big house, your golf tournament will become an obstacle. I'm all about the blessing. I saw Brother Chris drive up in that new truck, and I said, Brother Rose, whatever you're doing, I got to do it. <laughs> Listen, I'm all about being blessed, but I cannot allow what God has done for me to become an obstacle of me getting to him. I got to say, you know what? The nice house, I love it. I got to get to Jesus. Nice car, it's great. I got to get to Jesus. Big church, awesome. I got to get to Jesus. Blessing over here, I got to get to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Get your eyes off the stuff and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes on the mission. Get your eyes on the job. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to worship. I need somebody to worship. I need somebody to say, I ain't worried about this stuff. I'm worried about Jesus. I ain't worried about the bigger house. I'm worried about Jesus. I ain't worried about the man. I'm worried about Jesus. We're going to pray. We're, we're going to pray. I think some people are interpreting me as being hard. That is not my goal. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm trying to point us in the direction of getting back to Jesus. I know, listen, listen, I know, I, I understand that we're here and we worked all day, but we've got to get to Jesus. We cannot allow that good job that we worked all day to keep us from Jesus. We can't allow that nice car that got us here to keep us from Jesus. We can't allow dinner plans we have tomorrow night to keep us from Jesus. We're going to have to get creative if we're going to get to Jesus. All normal ways to Jesus were blocked. 
all of the conventional ways of coming in contact with him were plugged up. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. This woman must have known, living in a staunch Jewish time, that just touching Jesus, a person of his position, would have been totally inappropriate. That a woman of her status and her condition, touching the master, would have been completely out of line. But her situation had taken her to the place that said, I don't care what people think. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it costs. I have got to get to Jesus. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I am getting to Jesus tonight. Come on, somebody. Tomorrow is going to kill you. you got to get to Jesus tonight. You've waited for tomorrow long enough. Thinking tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tonight, tonight, tonight. Now, now, now. Now is the time. Now is the day. Her need had become greater than what people thought about her. Her need had become so big that it had overshadowed the obstacles that were between her and Jesus. Matthew chapter 9 verse 20 says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Here we see in Matthew's account again that this woman came through the crowd and touched Jesus. But she did not touch Jesus physically. She was able to get a hold of just the hem of of his garment. This hem is better called a fringe. It was part of ceremonial clothing that the Jews were commanded to wear. Go home and do your research on this. It's really interesting. I looked up and I found some pictures of this particular garment. And if you look it up, a fringe garment, it would have these tassels that would hang off of the garment. And what the Bible is saying she reached out to touch Jesus. She was not able to grab a hold of him physically, but she was able to grab a hold of the fringe of his garment. Numbers chapter 15, verse 39 tells us this about the fringe. And it shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it, the fringe, and remember the fringe, all the commandments of the Lord, the fringe, and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, the fringe, after which you used to go a whoring, the fringe, that ye may remember and do all my commandments. It's in the fringe. And be holy unto your God. It's in the fringe. I am the Lord your God. It's in the fringe, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. was in the fringe. You know, some of the things we do to be holy unto God really hurt my flesh. And if it doesn't hurt your flesh, you ain't doing it right. Some of the things we prescribe to we don't do because it looks good, because it's fun. We do because we want to honor God and be separate unto God and be holy. Oh, you're just tied into another. Let me tell you something. Ain't no, ain't no preacher good enough to convince some of these good, strong men and women here to do things out of legalism. They're doing things because they believe, I've got to be holy unto God. I've got to be separate unto God. I've got to, I've got to honor God. I've got to be holy. 
What this woman grabbed onto was an was a article of clothing that was designed to show holiness, to remind them of the commandments. Church, it is no time for us to get rid of holiness. It is no time for us to start looking like the world. It is no time to start being like them. Because the world is going to look and it's going to see your separation. And it's going to grab a hold of it. And it's going to say, I want to be holy. Let's all stand. We've got to tie into our mission field, church. It's not time to prescribe to what this world is teaching, to what other Christian denominations are teaching. It is time to put on holiness and to begin to go through our cities, going through our jobs, going through our neighborhoods, and letting the world see that's what makes us different. was the fringe of his garment that she reached out and she grabbed a hold of. It was that holiness. It was that separation. It was the commandments of God that when she grabbed a hold of it, there was healing there. There was deliverance there. There was wholeness there. And I love this because it's our flesh that wants to say, look like the world and you'll save the world. Dress like the world and you'll save the world. And it's just like the word of God to say, it's in your holiness. It's in your separation. It's in your distinction that the world is going to gravitate towards. Physicians, you can come. Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And he said unto her, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. And be whole of thy plague. All three gospels have a similar response by Jesus. That no matter what got you here. Your problems, your boredom, or your desire to find Jesus. If you would reach out and touch him. Jesus can heal you. I'm coming down the home stretch. Can we pray? I'm trying to minister to a young lady. That the media is telling you, oh, you're dressing too old, you're dressing this, you're doing that. It's the fringe. I want to be holy unto God. I want to be separated from the world. Oh, young man, you should be at the game. You should be at the party. You should be at... No. No. There's people out in this world that are needing Jesus. And I'm not going to compromise my standards. Because one day... There's going to be a Shelly that's going to see the difference and say, I want Jesus. There's going to be a Natasha. I don't want just another church. I don't want just another mundane religion. I want something real. I want something that will save my girls. I want something that will change my life. doesn't do us any favors. Jesus stayed home that night. Wouldn't do her any favors if Jesus decided to take a break that day. He was about the duty of the Father. And he came in contact with somebody 12 years. And all she had to do was hear about Jesus. And it didn't matter the obstacles. It didn't matter the trauma. It didn't matter the life that she had gone through. Her disappointments. If I could just make my way to Jesus. I'll be whole. So I want to challenge somebody. I want to challenge a new believer. Somebody that this is new to you. Those doors to Jesus are wide open. Come run into this altar and get a hold of Jesus all over again. To some of us that have been at this a while, you may have to get a little creative. You may have to worship, maybe dance, maybe get on your hands and knees.
get out to Jesus and say, I don't care how long it takes, I'm touching Jesus. Whatever it is, we got to get a hold of God and get plugged into our mission. You know how Cornerstone's going to go to the next level? I believe Pastor Mayo's already on the next level. I believe Brother Rose is already on the next level. I believe Elder Sergeant's already on the next level. I believe there's probably many people here, you're already operating on the next level. It's going to be the each and individual of us, in each of us individually, plugging into our mission, saying, I will be a witness. Oh, you don't need me to go outreaching? I will get on, I'll get online and I'll post about every service. I'll write cards to every new visitor. I'll bake cookies and give them to every new person. I'll, I'll, I'll take them out for coffee. I'll give them a one God Bible study. I'll go knock my neighborhood. I'll go pray with somebody. I'll start fasting for a new person. I'll start, I'll start showing up to the church, asking Brother Rodriguez, what can I do? Asking Brother Rose, what can I clean? What does nobody else want to do? I want to do it because I want to be plugged in. Because if you touch Jesus, you'll want to be involved. Let's pray. woman with the issue of blood touched the fringes. She grabbed what many would have said is unnecessary and not worth anything. Why do we live different? Why do we dress different? Why do we talk different? We're separate. We want to be holy unto God so that he can use us so he can work through us they need to see the difference in our worship they need to see the difference in our lifestyle so they can get a hold of Jesus I know this is a different take on what we talk about a lot but church it's not time to give up it's time to press forward it's not time to give in. It's time to press forward. The world isn't looking for more ripped jeans and more smokes machines. This world is looking for Jesus. Is there a man, is there a woman here that is willing to touch Jesus so someone can see Jesus in you? This altar's open. I said this in the beginning. I know there's a lot going on. I wonder if we could all pray. I wonder if we could all find a place. Everyone, everyone, everyone. If you want to stay in your pew, that's fine. But I just wonder if you could touch Jesus where you're at. If you need to be prayed for, come up. We'll pray for you. If you need healing, we'll pray for you. If you need deliverance, we'll pray for you. We got to touch Jesus.